Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi there, all you lovely people. I'm so glad that you're here, that we're here together, and that we're wandering down the path toward our highest selves. It it just occurred to me how funny that is, since we we feel like we're headed toward our highest self when it's already present inside us. Sometimes I get so caught up in the imagery of an actual path, an actual journey, that I forget where I'm headed is right inside my own heart. All the things I do, all our practices are really just designed to guide us back to the self we forgot, to who we really are. The practices are just methods to do that. There isn't a a destination, at, at least not one that we're not already at. Does that make any sense at all? It's helpful for me to remember that because I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at other people and think that they have all the things I want or are doing all the things I should, and it can be discouraging, but then I remember that I'm on a path toward myself. So I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I couldn't be anywhere else because then I'd be on someone else's path and that's impossible. So <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm also thinking about the heart chakra because it's up next in our most recent exploration of the chakra system. We had a little break last week for an interview episode, but we're back to it now. And I think I want to talk about being where you are and all the things that means. The heart chakra is a tough space to live in, but maybe one of the most important life-changing places we can live. For reference, the heart chakra is located in the center of your chest and is associated with the color green, and sometimes pink, and is generally thought to govern your right to love and be loved. But so much of the time, we, we picture this with another person being present to be half of that loving equation. Our ability to give love to another person. Our ability to receive love from another person. And I've talked about that a lot on this show, and of course that matters. But over the past few weeks, I can't tell you how many people, listeners that are, are maybe just like you, who have absolutely no concept of what it would be like to love themselves. And I'm I'm not going to lie, I struggle with that as well. Maybe everyone on the planet does, but I don't think so. I, I do think that sometimes we talk about people who love themselves as being arrogant or full of themselves. But what if we reframe what full of yourself meant. And we were all working to be full of ourselves, full, filled up, complete, balanced, full of ourselves, not filled with what others think, with what society tells us we should do or be, not filled with self-loathing or 
I should this, or I could have that, or I wish I was different in some way, but full of ourselves, full of our true selves. And that's what I want to talk about today, because I'm, I'm slowly coming to the realization that to really live in the heart chakra, the heart space, it has to be fully you or, or fully me. I know I talk about getting uncomfortable to find growth, but I think that growth we're looking for is to be fully comfortable with who we are in our heart's truth. And as I realize this more and more and work on myself more and more, I, I find that things that used to matter a lot matter a lot less. And it's uncomfortable trying to find ways to live with that, to negotiate my life and my relationships around changing values. It's not a drastic change, maybe, or maybe it is. You'd have to ask the people I interact with, but it's a change and I feel it. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling the change as you do this work? That, that's really the only way to know if, if what we're doing is working. And of course, that's your perspective. No one can tell you the answer to, am I doing it right? Which is wonderful and frustrating at the same time, isn't it? I can share with you my perspective and you can see if any of it resonates with you, but so much of this work is what's called the lived experience. There's not a particular checklist. So if we're looking to fill up ourselves with ourselves, what does that even look like? In my opinion, it begins with really understanding who we are, which might seem in conflict with the things you've heard me say before, like how we're all one and it's all energy and there is no you or me, just is. I mean, and that idea is either amazing and welcoming or revolting. If you bristle at the idea that we're ju all just one because it takes away your individuality, I get that. So many of us are told from childhood to subvert who we are, to make others happy, to understand the needs of others before we even understand what our needs are. And now, as adults, we're trying desperately to figure out who we are when it isn't simply a reflection of other people. The idea that we're all just one single consciousness is terrifying because it means that we'll be folded right back into obscurity when we've likely spent years trying to come out of it. Our wants, our needs, what we think and feel are already a mystery. And then this spirituality business comes along and tries to submerge it once again. If you grew up in a dogmatic, restrictive religion, this can be especially maddening. But stay with me. And if the idea of melting into the divine seems blissful and you want to do it right now, I get that too. If you're sold on the idea of a pure consciousness that we're all a part of, getting there or having those spiritual experiences that seem magical and mystical is really appealing and a lot easier than living in our day-to-day -day existence with all its responsibilities and heartache. I hear this a lot from people who say they, they just don't belong here. 
And I'm not discounting that feeling I'm, unless that sentiment is being used to assert superior, superiority over other less enlightened people. But like I've said a thousand times before, if you're here, you belong. You have work to do just like the rest of us. But for a lot of people, it's just the idea that they can give up the hard hard work of self-discovery. We can just intellectually accept the idea of oneness or cosmic consciousness without needing to evaluate our part in it. So we push really hard to get to that place by doing all the things, reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, and we try to bypass the earthly experience of filling ourselves up with ourselves. And if this sounds like two completely different ways to do things. It might be, but I think it's two sides of the same coin. If you're bent on expressing your individualism to the exclusion of the spiritual, you're missing out on a huge part of yourself, the part that wants to be connected with something bigger. And I'm not I'm not talking about the religion-infused idea of a God-sized whole. If that imagery works for you, great. But for most of us, we, we just have a self-sized hole sitting right in our heart chakra. And we try to fill it up with all the things we felt were denied to us. Opinions, ideas, exploration, travel, separateness, looking after ourselves first, whatever it was. We want to do it now. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things in and of themselves. It's just that we might be using them to find satisfaction that isn't actually found in them. At least not long-term satisfaction. And if you're in a rush to find wholeness by merging into something bigger than you are, you're missing out on the joy of this experience right now. <laughs> and even if it isn't joy... It is your unique experience, and you can live it, not push it away. As the spiritual teacher Ramdas said, you have to become somebody before you can become nobody. I also find that those of us looking to merge with the divine ASAP are also a little afraid of who we might be, that maybe that person isn't lovable. We certainly don't love her. We don't want to spend any more time with her than we have to. That can be the same fear we have when we seek extreme individualism. If we're apart, separate, we don't have to worry if anyone will love us. Because maybe we are fundamentally unlovable. These two approaches are so similar when we really dig down, even though they can seem really different on the surface. And don't worry if you're fighting yourself or these ideas, that's normal. Or maybe they resonate completely. Or maybe I'm full of rubbish and you're going to discover everything you need on your own because it's already in you. It's really uncomfortable to sit with ourselves. But I suggest that it's the only way to know ourselves, to be full of ourselves. Of course it's uncomfortable. That's why we have Netflix and Cheez-Its and cookies and wine and social media and everything else we use to fill up even a moment of time alone. And again, 
I'm not going to tell you that you should eliminate every single one of these things and live a life of complete austerity. What I'm saying is that we can start to take time every now and again to understand how we're using these things as fillers, as identifiers, as time killers, as distractions. I mean, we use these things even when we're not technically alone just to keep our thinking brain busy, 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 to keep ourselves from discovering who we are. Even the most independent, individualist women I know do this. And a lot of them tell me it's part of their independence. And that might be true, or it might not. The answer's in them, not me. And women trying so hard to meditate so they can achieve that inner peace they crave tell me they, they just can't stop thinking, which, of course, not thinking isn't the point of meditating. It's pretty much impossible anyway to not think. So instead of sitting and being uncomfortable with all the thinking, all the emotions that come up, they move on to the next practice. And there are lots of practices but they all lead the same place to the rediscovery, the recovering of our true self. The little seed that's sitting in your heart chakra, just waiting for some care so it can grow and fill that space. That little seed is your highest self, I think. I stumbled upon an amazing quote about seeds and growth that really resonated with me, so I want to share it with you. And the quote goes like this. For a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. And that's a quote from Cynthia Ocelli. I I think that describes pretty well the process of trying to grow in any way, but especially spiritually. And as much as we talk about trying to find our highest self, I also think the idea is a little scary because it's all the parts of us, us in our complete self. That's the shadow and the light, the hard and the easy, the defiant, and the compliant. And if we truly allowed it to grow and flourish, what would that mean? That we'd have to give up the stories of the past that kept us small. We'd have to live in this moment instead of reaching for a different one, a higher one, a more enlightened one. We'd have to give up the notion that we're tough enough to go it alone in the world. And maybe we won't even see until that little seed grows some, but part of ourself is the spirit, and that deserves attention too. I've been asked to do a couple interviews for other podcasts about chakras and mental and emotional health, but could I please avoid spiritual health? And I just, I can't, or I don't want to. It's part of my heart chakra, my real self, to talk about that right now. And maybe that's me struggling to be independent and separate. I'll have to do that work on myself, just like you will. So if you want to do this work, I have a few ideas. Of course I do. But you can take them or leave them. First and foremost, I'm going to recommend developing a meditation practice. 
If you're new to meditation, any kind will do. Any kind at all. Five minutes is beautiful. But give yourself time to sit with yourself. And I I do know that you're busy and that finding five minutes can feel impossible. You know what you can do? You can turn off this podcast right now and use the last five minutes you were going to spend listening to me sitting quietly. If you're still listening, wait five minutes before starting your evening TV show to sit quietly. Do it then. Whenever. If you're, if you're just starting, just start. If you've practiced before, try a silent rather than guided meditation. Just breathe. Or maybe a mantra meditation and repeat the same phrase to yourself over and over. When you think about something else, go back to the mantra. It's hard to overstate the value of a meditation practice when learning to understand yourself, to find yourself. It's the time we can start to learn to tease out what is us and what has been put there by someone else, to to find that little seed and, and water it, to tell your little mini highest self that you love her because she is you. And don't worry if that isn't entirely true. We tell ourselves things that aren't true all the time. We might as well tell ourselves the things that we want to be true, like that we love ourselves fully and completely. And somewhere along the line, we might start to find that sense of oneness that we may or may not want. Who knows? The answer is in you, in your very own heart chakra. Other practices that go well with meditation are journaling, contemplative walks without earbuds, breathing or pranayama practices, a yogasana class that encourages looking inward. The theory behind all of these practices is the same, that we'll be able to look within to find our authentic selves, to find them and fill up with them. No need to find that validation outside, someone telling us we're worthy or even feeling like we're worthy because we did something that someone once told us would make us feel worthy. What I'm hoping is that we'll start to find that sensation in our hearts and not just our heads. An inspirational post is great, but believing it totally and completely is better, in my opinion. Ideally, Our heads and hearts will start to align with each other. They won't tell us different things because we'll be totally full of exactly who we are and totally at peace with that. That's what I'm thinking about this week, and I wanted to share it with you. There is so much room for each of us to live in our heart space, in our heart chakra, and I encourage you to spend some time exploring where you are on that journey right now, and then grow toward yourself. I I literally just realized that this episode about the heart chakra is going to come out on Valentine's Day, which feels really appropriate, doesn't it? Thank you to everyone who has been attending the Chakra check-in calls. They've been so amazing, and I love meeting you. Our next call will be on Sunday, March 6th, 
2022 at 3 p.m. Eastern U.S. Info for that is in the show notes and will be on Facebook and Instagram, so you can follow me there to get it as well. I am at Your Chakra Coach. And as always, the best way to support me and the show is to tell your friends about the podcast. Send them an episode that you really connected with. Let them join you on this mission to change the world by changing our own energy. Remember to always reach out with questions and comments or suggestions. I love hearing from you. Until next time, have an amazing self-love filled day. Bye.